Watson's looking for a new home, and he gets to pick where he wants to go. But who's going to pick him, and how are people going to feel about it? James and I will discuss it today on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up? I'm Tony Wiggins here with James Rapine here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. Thanking you for making us your first listen because it's your team every day. You can follow us and find us wherever you get your podcasts, especially on YouTube or any other platform, and we'll be free. You don't have to pay for it. James, what is going on? What's happening, brother? Everything. Everything seems to be happening in your neck of the woods, my neck of the woods, and, and throughout the NFL. And, man, I, I, I don't know uh, – the acronym for it, but there's got to be a way, you know, no days off or whatever it is. Man, if you cover the NFL, there are no days off, which makes it fun since we, you know, host NFL podcasts. No <laughs> doubt about it. Let's just get to the news that's going yeah. around. Uh, I know the guys have talked about it yesterday when the early tampering period or the negotiation period has started. By the time you hear this show, we'll be closer to the actual point of guys actually being able to put their signature on, on paper. Uh, Randy Gregory has made me make that statement loud and clear because Randy Gregory said he's going back home to Dallas and then all of a sudden now he switched up to Denver and maybe, I don't know, by the time people hear this, he'll be going back to Dallas. I don't know. I have no clue. Well, now the rumor is that, or not even rumor reports out there about Von Miller saying, oh, I, I got a home near Dallas, near Jerry World. Might as well go to Frisco, Texas. So th that's the thing. What about a trade, basically, where – the, the Broncos say, no, we want Randy Gregory. And the the Cowboys are saying, we'll take the future Hall of Famer, Von Miller. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, of course, Von Miller is one of my favorite modern-day uh, defensive players. Mm -hmm. I'd probably take Gregory at this stage because I just – Oh, man. This, this, uh, at this stage, I probably would because, look, Von's getting – look, let's not act like Denver didn't trade him. They traded him. And, and mm -hmm. you know – Instead of riding it out, they, they actually traded this dude. So maybe they see something uh, that he's getting older and he's had some injuries. He's had the Achilles and all of this stuff. But I think Randy Gregg is a real good player. I've always thought that. And, and now that I don't know whether he's overcome his demons or they no longer test for him or whatever it is. It might be a combination of both. But yeah. uh, in any event, I think he's a really, really good player. And, and let's not forget, he was a top five talent coming out of Nebraska. He just didn't go that high because of those issues. I'll tell you somebody who's overcome some issues recently. I don't know if you can really say he's overcome them, but he dodged a couple of bullets, to. and that's Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is on the market, apparently, allegedly has met with the uh, Saints, with permission from the Texans, has met with the Saints and the Browns. And now there's rumors that the old home front is coming home and trying to entice Deshaun Watson to come back home to Atlanta, which we both will probably think a good idea, even though, I'm one of those people that believes um, it's a little bit overplayed when you talk about professional athletes going to their hometown or going to the place that they played college. In fact, I think it's the other way. Guys kind of want to stay away when you get money. You want to stay away from home for, yep. for the most part. But in this case, because of what he's had to overcome and because that's a city that has had practice, 
with Michael Vick to a certain extent. I'm not comparing dogs to humans, and I'm not comparing abuse to allegations. Let's just get that out of the way. But it might be good for him to go back home uh, to be amongst and close around people uh, that actually care about him. And quite frankly, that'll probably help keep him out of trouble. It, that's the thing. You look at Deshaun Watson and, you know, the Saints have won more than the, the Falcons. The, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers seem as desperate as any team ever. And he played at Clemson. So you, you could see how that would make some sense. But, you know, he was 10 years old. Uh, you know, when, when Michael Vick was probably at his peak, maybe eight or nine, you know, Watson was born in 95, you know, Vick from 2002 on essentially captured the hearts and minds of Atlanta. So I'm sure he grew up a huge Michael Vick fan and that's, that might be his vision. And you look at it, if he wants that to get done and there's the reports of Arthur Blank and, and Watson having a good relationship, he's too talented for it not to get done because the, the, the Falcons are clearly entertaining it right now as we record this on Tuesday afternoon, Eastern time. So if they're already entertaining it, what up to me, if a franchise is willing to entertain it, entertain it, the, the Browns, for example, right? Watson's too talented to not be able to get in that room. And regardless of what you think about everything that's gone on. And I don't think he's a, a great human being or anything like that, but he's just too talented. They're going to be so tempted so to me, if I had to to put bet online odds on it, mm-hmm. I would say he's going to the Falcons. And I would say suddenly Atlanta now, they have a trade chip after restructuring Matt Ryan. I think that this is crazy. And maybe the, the Texans go that route. Doesn't necessarily seem likely. So there could be a ripple effect here in a game of musical chairs. And it's all because Deshaun Watson wants to go to Atlanta. I would not be shocked by any stretch if he's a Falcon, uh, you know, but I don't know what the timeline is. But then that, that opens up the door for a Matt Ryan trade as well. So there's a lot of dominoes here that could be impacted by Watson suddenly deciding that, you know, he wants to go home and he probably had that in his head, but we haven't heard much from Deshaun Watson. And, and, so, and, and we should, go ahead. I, I mean, if, if I'm yeah. his representatives, I tell him don't ever talk. And I know in our business, that's not a good idea because the talking heads like me will be like his silence is deafening or his silence is, is, is really speaking volumes. No, it's not actually. Uh, if you're in trouble or if you're negotiating, the last thing you want to do is tell anybody what you're trying to do. They'll find out when you do it. So I do think it puts the Texans in a, in a rock and a hard place because he could just flat out say, I ain't going to New Orleans and I ain't going to Cleveland and I'll never sign with them. So uh, the only place I want to go is Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And yeah. from the Texans perspective, and I don't know, people keep saying that for some reason the Saints have the best package. Uh, unless somebody can tell me exactly what that is, I, I know I heard it involved right tackle Ryan Ramzik, but um, I, Atlanta picks higher, and uh, they actually do have a couple of players that people would probably want. If I'm the Texans, if it involves draft picks, I take it now because if you don't take it now, I doubt that I doubt anybody else is going to give you anything higher than number nine. I think that's where Atlanta picks. And then from this point forward, their draft picks are going to go higher and higher. And so is everyone else's. So I just go ahead and take the highest pick I can now and get the best compensation and just move like that if I'm Texas and close the door on what has been uh, a disaster of a chapter in your organizational uh, history. Here's the thing, though. If you're Atlanta, you have no receivers. Russell Gage is headed to Tampa. Calvin Ridley is suspended for the season. Mm-hmm. They have no one for Watson to throw to outside mm-hmm. of Kyle Pitts, and I get it, Kyle Pitts, but if I'm the Texans, 
<laughs> well, if I'm the Texans, maybe I want Kyle Pitts, right? And I certainly want the three ones that have been reported because there is a bidding war. And I do think Watson would be open to going to, you know, the Saints or Panthers. And it's odd that we're talking about three NFC South teams. But yeah, I, I think uh, there's there's a way to handle this. And I think the Texans, for the most part, in um, I'm forgetting his name, their GM, Nick uh, Cesario, excuse me. I, I think he's done a really good job of handling everything that's gone on. And I think he's going to end up getting a bounty, whether it's from the Falcons or whether it's from the, the Saints. And uh, that wouldn't have been the case in season when the Dolphins were trying to make a, a run at Watson. And if I'm the agent uh, or not the agent, if I'm the brass in Atlanta, I uh, there's nothing to prevent me to getting on the phone and I call Allen Robinson's agent and I say, we're trying to swing a deal for him. I know you got to do what you got to do, but if that's what you're going to do, go ahead. But uh, the second we swing a deal for him, we're willing to sign Allen to this contract. We got to let this work out first. Uh, I call Odell Beckham's agent and say, I know your guy's injured. He won his title. He's going to be the third receiver this year uh, because Robert Woods is coming back. He can compete for the number one spot here. We got to work this out real quick because we're trying to get Deshaun Watson. So Allen Robinson and Odell, you guys are going to be the receiver. And then I will pick up somebody in the draft. You do what you got to do. The quarterback position yeah. is the most difficult thing uh, to fill out. And if you have a chance to get one, you go ahead and do it. We're going to talk about uh, the big spenders and not only just go through the big spenders, and you're probably looking at a guy who covers one of them. We're going to talk about whether that has worked in the past and why has it worked or has not worked, and if it's going to work this time. We'll do all of that in just a second here on segment two of Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. But first, I have to tell you about Bilt Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. They're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, perfect for you, perfect for me, perfect for Tony Wiggins, perfect for Deshaun Watson, perfect for anybody you could think of because it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So you need to check them out right now at Built.com. Check out all the different flavors they have. Check out the Built Puffs, which are amazing because it's a protein-infused marshmallow. Who would not want to have that for a healthy snack? Yes, that's right. Built Bars, they exist. They're real, even though they sound too good to be true. And you need to check them out right now at Built.com. And you're going to get 15% off your order with promo code LOCKED15. Again, for 15% off, use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right. Built.com. You're right. They work very good. I actually, that was my snack on my flight, on my uh, vacation there, James. So uh, I ab absolutely I'm enjoyed in. them. That's right. Big spenders. The Jaguars are one of them. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. not going to give you the total number. Somebody says it's somewhere around $166 million or whatever. I don't even do the annual per year thing. I've been mm -hmm. doing this too long to know that it's not real. Look, Christian Kirk got a two-year, $37 million contract from the Jaguars. He did not get a four-year, $84 million. He'll never, he'll never in his life see the last year of that contract. And if he sees the third year of his contract, it's going to be extended out as well. I'm not going to get into all the people who sit here and act as if they don't understand uh, salary cap. And uh, I, I will give a quick lesson that I talked to a GM and he told me, I said, why do people harp on the big number when, why do agents and players care so much that is it ego when they want to hear five year, 100 million when they only got 60 million guaranteed? He said a little bit, but not really. This is what the guy told me. Okay. He's a former GM. He told me, he says, the big number 
the bigger the number, they're going to get a percentage that's going to be guaranteed of whatever that big number is. So if that big number is, let's just say it's 60%. If the big number is 90 million, mm-hmm. then that means 54 million is guaranteed. You multiply 90 by 0.60, right? If it's 100 million, that means 60 million is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if that $10 million is all of a sudden going to be in the contract. It's what it is, is that gives them more negotiating power to get more of that money guaranteed. And sometimes it's about 60, sometimes it's a little bit less, and that's going to be spread out, you know? So that's why that number is so important. But for the most part, when you see a guy sign a five-year deal, worry about the first three years. And when you see a guy sign the four-year deal, worry about the guaranteed money in the first two years. Because even if they keep him for year three, they're gonna they're gonna get that. What if that big salary? It's a, if it's a fifteen million, sixteen million dollar balloon. No, they'll shrink that down and stretch that out over two years and go ahead and just guarantee him the whole thing. So that's just kind of the way it works. But that being said, the Jaguars set the market on fire yesterday like they were scammers spending somebody else's money on a credit card. So mm-hmm. the thing is, is does it work? It doesn't. I've never, ever seen it work. But what they've done here is over the last two years, they've been extremely frugal and they have used draft picks on like 26 players over the last two years that were running in and out of here. And they needed some legitimacy. They needed guys who were ranked in the top 10 at their position. I think they got that in Brandon Scherf for sure. Uh, that mm-hmm. they got a guy ranked in the top uh, of his position, and we'll see about everyone else. It, that's the thing for me. I mean, is there anyone else? It's sure. I think I, I think from a, for a slot receiver, Christian Kirk is, is right there at the back end of the tenth as a slot receiver. Yeah, as a slot. So that's top thirty, like you know, in a good year, maybe right. So that that's that's the part of this that to me, I was like, man, they're. But but I get it. Look. You caught 70 balls. They, He's a legitimate NFL receiver with speed. So they, they're considering in a they don't have that, right. That, well, they're in a position where they're going to have to overpay some. That's just it. And if it can make life easier on Trevor Lawrence and Evan Ingram pans out, all of those things, it, it makes sense. Uh, but, but the interesting thing to me is the receiver market, where the receivers are at. Because Kirk, everyone reacted to that. I know Tyreek Hill's re- negotiating his extension with the Chiefs. Devontae Adams says, hey, I'm not playing on the tag, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't play on the tag either because the Packers haven't been able to get a number two wide receiver. You might as well flex as the number one in, in Green Bay, especially with Rodgers back. He officially signed his deal on Tuesday. Uh, so th- that's the part of it, the ripple effect here. Because if I'm Allen Robinson, and I get it, he's older and he's gotten dinged up, but Christian Kirk like that's that's what we're talking about like I want more than him unless I'm going to a winning situation and uh I, you know I, I think about Allen Robinson to me if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs I'm trying to find a way to get him done right and so th- that's a guy it's really intriguing and who knows maybe Atlanta does make the run at him but uh you know the the Patriots they trade a check Mason to the the Buccaneers to free up some cap space. Maybe the Patriots make a run at him because they certainly need wide receiver help as well. But the the fact that when a deal like that gets done, it impacts the rest of the receivers that haven't gotten done. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it's someone like Kirk, who's clearly not a tier one or tier two receiver in the NFL, it's uh, it it would have me smiling, say, if I'm, uh, you know, one of these these mid tier wide receivers that's looking to get paid. Yeah, it, it's enough to make you smile uh, if that's the case. Um, 
I don't trust the Jaguars' evaluation of players, so I can't sit here and say, well, he's an ascending guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I will but I will be warned about looking at it as $84 million because that's not what it is. You know, it's a $37 million guarantee, and, and that's still a lot to get $37 million in two years. That's an awful lot because that's, you know, that's kind of what these guys uh, truly expect to be getting uh, when when they're big, I would be interested to look at Cortland Sutton and that Patrick kid that both signed big contracts with Denver and see what their guaranteed money is. And if the only reason Kurt got this was because he act- is actually in free agency and they didn't get as much guaranteed money because, well, they weren't in free agency. They were headed towards free agency and they could have received a tag for a one-year tender or whatever. And, and they, they decided to go. I'll tell you what. Giving him his cap hit this year is $7.5 million. That's what they were mm-hmm. trying to do. Mm-hmm. He, he, they amortized his $20 million bonus over four years. His cap number is $7.5 million. But when you flip it, DJ Charge cap number this year for Detroit is $10 million or, or whatever. Or 10. 10 or, yeah, $10 million. So for this year, he actually works out better. Mm-hmm. What it is, is like, it's like tagging DJ Chark two years in a row. You tag him at 16, next year it elevates, it's 18 and a half, that's 34, 35, that's what that is. So, to me, I don't have a problem with it. I, I, I really don't, yeah. to be honest. No, I, I get it, and you have, to get, you have to surround Trevor Lawrence with weapons, and, and so however you can do that. Uh, a lot of people would have said, and I, you know, I, I still think, that, look to the draft. What can they do in the draft? What can these teams do in the draft? And that's the other part of this, right, with free agency, specifically the wide receiver spot. And maybe – the tight end spot, these pass catchers, how deep is it in the draft? We can discuss that and how free agency impacts it. We'll do that next right here on Locked On NFL. All right, bringing it back here on a Wednesday. Jamin and I are about to both talk at the same time because that's what we do. (laughs) Uh, I know you've been busy up there in Cincy. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody did their mocks, and they gave Cincy an offensive lineman in their mock. But since it went out and got Alex Kappa, and I know here in Jacksonville – uh, everyone was mocking offensive linemen. The Jags signed uh, uh, Brandon Scherf. Uh, they were giving them slot receivers. They signed Christian Kirk. So all those mocks have switched. How has what you've seen <laughs> affected the mocks? I think I think the one thing that surprised me more than anything was that in a draft that's full of what looks like a deep number two in slot receiver uh, mm-hmm. draft, teams addressed it and paid money. And the tight ends, there were tight ends, more tight ends franchise than I'd ever seen. And guys getting signed, this is a really, really deep tight end draft as well, even though there's no guy that's one of those top 10, top 15 types. It still surprised me a little bit that there was so much movement at those two positions and maybe even the interior of offensive line as well. Yeah, I mean, Will Disley, three years, $24 million. CJ Uzama, a guy covered in Cincinnati to the Jets, three years, $24 million. That's more than you would have expected, anticipated. And so what I think it says, it's much like Mitch Trubisky getting a deal with the, the Steelers that could be worth up to $27 million over two years. They don't buy this tight end class as instant impact, right? And you're right. There's no tight end in play for the Bengals, right? The team I cover, they could certainly use a tight end after losing Uzama. No one we're talking about with the 31st overall pick. No. And that's just an example because – yeah, like the Evan Ingrams of the world, right? They get $9 million and, and and we see all these guys get tagged. I think it's because the, there probably isn't an instant impact tight end in the first couple of rounds of the draft. And if there is, 
it's kind of rolling the dice or their split decision on who it is and who it's going to be. And so that's the part of it that's quite interesting. As far as wide receivers, all I got told last year when I said the Bengals should take Jamar Chase was how wide receivers grow on trees and how it's easy to find receivers. And, oh, my gosh, if you could, you could get them anywhere – you sure about that? Because it yeah. seems like the, the wide receiver. Do you think so? Do you no, think I'm, I'm with you. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm approving. I'm, you're right. It, it, it's wild to me. Like the Jaguars, what they spent on on Christian Kirk, the Browns, what they do to, to get Amari Cooper, which, yeah, probably is to wow Deshaun Watson. And, and then they move on from Jarvis Landry. The Chiefs are flirting with multiple receivers. Like it's much, much easier said than done to it get is. these game-changing wideouts, no doubt about it. It is. And, man, I, I can't stand it. They do that here locally. You see what Jamar Chase did? You know what? Get us Jamison Williams. This is even before he got hurt. And I'm sitting there looking at him saying, he ain't Jamar Chase. <laughs> did you see what Sauce Gardner did to him the week before the championship game, in the semifinal game? He ain't Jamar Chase. Sauce Gardner shut him down. There's a reason why I, I love what he did last year, but there was also – look. I don't care who was on the roster with Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are two really good players. And that kid that's up there that caught 700 balls in the Rose Bowl. I can't remember his name. Yep. He's got the hype. That's why Jameson Williams, right. That's why Jameson Williams wasn't playing at Ohio State. Now, <laughs> did he go and have a good year at Alabama? And, and did that say that, you know, maybe he probably should have been playing or he was good enough to play? I'm sure Ryan Day probably never said he wasn't good enough to play. But I think him and Hartline decided, you know, we're going to watch the reps. It's going to be demonstrated performance, and these guys do it better. And so you see these guys are going to be number one picks as well. It's just like Jermaine Johnson at Georgia. Jermaine Johnson wasn't a starter at Georgia. It had nothing to do with them thinking he couldn't play. He had five and a half, six and a half sacks as a backup. What it was is he probably went in the coach's office and he walked in there and nine times out of 10, Kirby goes, I know, man, I know. These guys have been here for three years. I, I get it, okay? You you just came from JUCO. I, I, you know what, man? Go make your money. Go ahead. He goes to Florida mm -hmm. State and he's probably going to get drafted in front of every one of those dudes that started in front of him at Georgia. It's not an indictment, but what it is is Folks need to stop thinking that every receiver that they see running up and down the field is Jamar Chase. He, they're not. He's yep. different. He's a rookie, and he's an all-pro, and he's a guy that they said couldn't catch, and he caught a one-handed ball on the best corner in the Super Bowl without even looking on the biggest stage of his life. There's just something different about certain players, and we just can't monolith them all together as if, okay, well, you got one, so I'll get one. It does not work that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, and it's hard to find those guys, and that's why these teams – look, that's why Jamar's going to get a ton of money. That's why the Packers – that's why Devontae Adams has the leverage he has. Right. Right, because he's different. They're and different. They're different, you can ask for more. That's why, honestly, let's let's be – that's why Deshaun Watson's going to play in the NFL at some point. He's don't different. You, don't, aren't and, you and when sick, it's hard. Are you sick of the – see, if they drafted Panay Sewell, uh, Aaron Donald wouldn't have – let me tell you something. You can get Panay Sewell, both of his uncles, and his daddy, and they weren't stopping Aaron Donald on that last play of the game. Yeah. Well, and they wouldn't have been in the playoffs probably because right. Chase was just so good so, uh, you know, for, for so many big games. So it's, 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 that, it's that time of season, though, James. It's that time of season where everyone watched the combine, and now everybody's mm -hmm. in love with 40 times, but then everyone knows that Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams 
are the two best receivers in the league, and neither one of them runs a sub four or five. So the thing is, is why do we do this to ourselves? Every single year, we fall in love and get enamored with stuff that actually does not matter. Yeah, It doesn't matter. Yep, yep. and it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they, these, the rest of these top receivers go, the rest of the top players go. Because as we record this, a lot of guys are still out there, which is why you need to make Locked On NFL your first listen. And if you want more draft coverage, well, we have you covered a Locked On NFL draft each and every day for you wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jamie, we got some more news maybe coming up, and we'll uh, keep looking at that every single week. But I appreciate you. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, so it's good to finally get back here and see you and get all of our listeners back here on a Wednesday. Make sure you tune in tomorrow and make Locked On NFL your first listen once again. You can catch us both on Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Bengals. Until next week, take care of each other. We're signing off.